This is a Miskatonic University special report. Hello, and welcome to the Miskatonic University podcast. This is a special episode. Here we have all four of the usual keepers, plus Mr. Oscar Rios, president of Golden Goblin Press. Good evening, viewers! Uh, Very happy to be here, everyone. Yeah, we love having you on. I love being here. And we've got a new Kickstarter from Golden Goblin that we've been mentioning on the show a couple times. Thought we'd bring a little bit more focus and talk about some of the stuff that's in it. More than happy to share with everyone what we've got planned and what we've already uh, what we've already got in store. Because luckily we're funded, and it's all it's all fun and gravy from here. Yeah, that's fantastic. By the way, congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Our fourth, we're very, uh, we're very pleased and relieved <laughs> to, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to to have gotten past that, and uh, now it's all about how awesome can we make the project? Uh, well, Honestly, how much yeah. more awesome? Yeah, more. I mean, because yeah. anything Golden Goblin is so top quality, it is just outstanding. I mean, honestly, you should you should take a bow for the reputation you've put together for delivering on time quality products. It's amazing. Well, we've got we've got a lot of great people working with us and uh, and for us and, and, you know, putting in a lot of uh, a lot of time and effort on what we do. So, you know, it's it's totally I'm just the ringleader of a, of a really cool circus. I really, you know, I'm not that talented. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, I'm the, kind of the guy everybody sees, but it really it's, it's all the, it's everyone else. It's the artists, it's the editors, it's the writers. Um, we've had great layout people, uh, great cartography, you know. It's, um, it's really just pulling, managing to pull together all of these amazingly talented people and, um, you know, keep everyone focused enough to, get the project out but honestly i'm just you know one small cog in the uh in the the machine of golden goblin press well could we talk a little bit about the the genesis of this thing and why you chose the caribbean as your as your next uh, setting well this is actually the third book in the tales of series um the first one started with tom lynch and myself when we were when you know when we were both uh, Miskatonic River Press when we were, you know, carrying on after the uh, the death of our founder Keith Herber, and uh, we decided well you know there's not a lot you know we thought urban adventures were very interesting, um, you know because you know, a city can be a very lonely place you know a lot of great horror is all about isolation, but you know a large city can feel very lonely uh, and and isolated for other reasons than than distance. Um, and we were both native New Yorkers, and we thought that uh, you know New York had not you know received the treatment it it had deserved either through accuracy or you know just not not a lot of scenarios written there, so not a lot of product or or accuracy or, or true to the city. So we decided, well, we're going to do the premises. We're going to do all New York scenarios, and they're going to be stories that can't take place anywhere else. It's not going to be something that you could just change a few things and do it in Arkham or, or, or you know, the Midwest or, you know, do it as a gaslight in London. You know, the New York was going to be the best supporting character of every scenario. Um, and, you know, it was a wonderful, wonderful book. 
um, a little overdue on when we had hoped to put it out. And I think that that hurt us. So, I mean, it's, we, we were very proud of it, but it's kind of like this undiscovered gem, I feel, anyway, um, that we had some really great people and, and told some really great stories. And from there, uh, Miskatonic River Press was no more, and I started Golden Goblin Press. Um, there was a little overlap there. But uh, so when Golden Goblin Press formed, uh, our first 1920s jazz era book was uh, Tales of the Crescent City, which was a premise that Tom and I had kind of bounced around a bit and uh, had actually started some preliminary work on. So we resurrected that and put out Tales of the Crescent City. So far, it's been our most successful Kickstarter. Um, A beautiful project. Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, I won't be able to say it's our most successful project much longer, but uh, here's to hoping. And um, it was very well received. We were very happy with the way it turned out. And, you know, the, we really fell in love with the themed collection, you know. And uh, from there, we were thinking about our next, you know, 1920s jazz era project. And we wanted to capture a place that hadn't been trampled all over. You know, New England's been done. Uh, Europe has been done. You know, I mean, we're not going to compete for Europe with the likes of Horror on the Orient Express. Um, you know, yeah. If you if you can't be best and if you can't break new ground, then find some new ground. You know, so Europe has been very well covered. New England has been very well covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were thinking, okay, what's next? We want a place with. A lot of history. We want a place with a lot of good folklore. Uh, we want a place with a lot of cultural diversity, um, like New York, like New Orleans, um, that we could tell different kinds of stories about different kinds of people battling the mythos in a different element than than players might be used to or have ever experienced before. So we took a good long look about where we wanted to, to set out next. And um, we decided that the Caribbean would be uh, would be our next set, our, our next uh, base of operations. And as soon as we said, "Okay, we're doing the Caribbean," I think Jeff Muller screamed, "I got Cuba!" <laughs> and and it was off. I mean, it was <laughs> it was uh, it was a very difficult pitch process. Um, it was blind pitching. Uh, so Jeff and I almost didn't get into the book. Um, yes, I, it's funny. Two, two of the four people who run the company almost didn't get in. Um, we were lucky to make the maybe pile. I don't think there was anyone in, in the yes pile. Um, some authors were rejected twice <laughs> before, before get, it was just very, very difficult. You know, one, one of the things that made it difficult is we're, we're okay. We're doing the Caribbean. It's going to be a historically accurate Caribbean. And, we're not going to do the obvious. And if, and if it's obvious, it's going to get rejected. So we said, uh, here's the list of things you shouldn't pitch about because we're going to say no. Yeah. And it was deep, it was deep ones, uh, hurricanes, pirates, Atlantis, or the Bermuda Triangle. And if you pitched any of those, we're going to say no because it's obvious. Um, so we're Just really cliched. Yeah, it's 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 too cliche. Um, I think I even said in the Kickstarter video, it's the first thing you think of. It's the last thing we're going to do, um, because let's face it, you know, 
Call of Cthulhu, we have 35 years plus of history. Um, the game has remained pretty much unchanged during that entire time. So a book that was written 20 years ago is still as playable as it is uh, one that came out today. So most keepers and, and most uh, players you know, have access to just this huge wealth of, of material. So to find, you know, a great old one that hasn't been written about, to find a, a location that doesn't have a scenario um, written, you know, set there, it, it's not easy. And luckily, the Caribbean has just been, you know, there have been a few things in, in Key West, but other than that, it, it's it's pretty wide open. Um, and it's funny, I think uh, both the... Uh, Jeff and I have written scenario, uh, scenarios in Key West. So, oh, really? <laughs> and then, so, so nobody did. We didn't. Nobody did the Florida Keys. Um, uh, and we we got some really really interesting pitches, and we were very happy with our our final selection on of authors. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the Kickstarter page right here. I see that there are five uh, scenarios in the core book. Uh, can you pitch it? Uh, to tell the listeners about those five scenarios. Okay, we've got, uh, and this is we don't know what the order will be uh, uh, when we when we do layout or or. But I'll just go in the order we've got them listed on the Kickstarter page. That's good. We have uh, Jeff Muller doing his scenario in Cuba called "Servant of God." It's a story about a uh, Vatican investigator who is in Havana. Uh, and he's uh, conducting an investigation on the miracles attached to a dead uh, a dead priest um, that some people are saying he should be made a saint. Um, and you know, mysteriously, he finds uh, he winds up dead in a rather grisly fashion, and uh, the investigators are charged with uh, solving. Uh, either charged or fall into uh, solving his his quite mysterious murder. Um, so it's it's I, I've read it. It's really uh, it's really trippy. It's got some very uh, ethereal kind of feel to it. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a real treat. And uh, next up, we are heading to the Bahamas uh, with Jason Williams and uh, Crimson Eyes and Azure Pools. Uh, this is basically uh, missing persons. Uh, some researchers from Miskatonic University have gone missing while investigating some uh, folkloric tales uh, in the Pine Barrens of, uh, of the Bahamas. And uh, that we're really excited about um, because we're taking creatures or creatures or a creature from Bahamian folklore and we're mythosizing it. And um, we're, we're really happy about and proud of this one because we've got Joe Browers doing an idol. Oh, excellent. Um, of the creature that is our, the star of this scenario. Oh, cool. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's supposed to be some kind of bird, man, owl creature that if you see it, you're either you're supposed to bet really great luck or be doomed. So it's either a sign of good luck or a portent of doom or both. Um, so we'll see. Uh, it's, it's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, next cool. up, we have uh, 
Mark Shireman, who is actually our, our, our full-time art director. Uh, full-time meaning that we don't leave him alone and we bug him all the time for stuff. <laughs> but um, our stuff looks great and he's to thank for it. So, you know, the reward of doing good work is you got more work to do. Um, but he's also a, a great author. Um, he wrote one of our most chilling scenarios in our first book, uh, Let the Children Come to Me. One of the first scenarios, I think, with a trigger warning and a, a well-deserved one, in my opinion. Um, so he's writing a story set in Trinidad called Black as Pitch at Midnight. And it features a lot about uh, the uh, Indo-Caribbean culture that most people uh, don't really, aren't really that aware of. Um, when, when Britain outlawed slavery, um, they weren't bringing slaves to their Caribbean colonies anymore. But luckily, they had tons of indentured servants in India that they could then bring from India to the Caribbean to work um, in this uh, in this fashion. So places like uh, Trinidad just got a huge influx of refugee of refugees and settlers uh, from India. Mm. So um, that's, that's going to explore explore that. And if you take a, a closer look at the illustration there you might be able to figure out something that Mark figured out. And that was, do you know that about the same time the British were breaking up the thuggy cult, they were deporting large numbers of people to the, to Trinidad. (laughs) Um, And it was just like, wow, it just sort of writes itself. Doesn't it? That's brilliant. So yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be quite a ride. Uh, (laughs) It's still being written, so I, I can't comment too much. But uh, knowing Mark, yeah, I'm, I'd be surprised if we didn't have another trigger warning. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of darkness in that guy, and it is awesome. Um, next up, we have uh, uh, a new author for us. Uh, uh, you know, much like Jason writing for us for the first time is uh, Dave Sokolowski, and he's written uh, Wrath of the Sulfur. And that's set in St. Vincent, and it centers around an active volcano in St. Vincent named uh, uh, La Solfieri. I can't speak French, and I'm sure I mangled that, but it means the sulfur. And basically, you have an active volcano, some, uh, some trapped missionaries, uh, a missing geological team, uh, rumors of, of caves that have been opened up by the tremors, and a mysterious black smoke that seems to move of its own accord. Um, really excited about this one where it's actually the first, one. we actually started editing the book this weekend. <laughs> as soon as we funded, we were like, well, I guess we can get to work. Um, so, so uh, Dave's is the first one on the editing pile and um, I've actually started actively working on it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one as well. It's great to work with, uh, with some new people. Um, then, uh, we'll get to, we'll get to mine, uh, <clears throat> night forms a cover for sinners, uh, which is actually a, uh, Puerto Rican, uh, it's kind of a, what is the word for it? Like a folk saying mm-hmm. a proverb. It's a Puerto Rican yeah. proverb. Um, and this is set in Puerto Rico. It's by myself. Um, and this will make my mom really happy because, 
uh, ever since I started writing, uh, God knows how many years ago, she's like, well, why don't you write something set in Puerto Rico? Um, so yeah, um, I finally am going to write that scenario she's wanted to me to write for a really long time. And uh, this is going to deal with, uh, well, again, with those historical facts that just write itself, there's a very famous uh, Puerto Rican historian and scholar that in 1927 or 28 published a book called, um, and I'm, I don't remember the exact title, but it was basically The Myths and Legends of Puerto Rico. Nice. Um, and and so it's a real book. He's a real, uh, you know, a real historical figure. And my story is all about um, a uh, a grad student or uh, an adjunct professor getting a hold of the unpublished chapter that he dropped from the manuscript because he couldn't verify it, and uh, okay. it deals with a a Puerto Rican folk tale. And rumors that the Fountain of Youth is actually on Puerto Rico somewhere. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. And for backers uh, above, for backers who are you know backing at a slightly higher level, we're doing a bonus scenario that's going to be just on PDF, and it's going to be a Kickstarter exclusive. It will not be on sale anywhere else uh, after this. Much like uh, the Owlglass scenario we did for our first project, this is just for the Kickstarter backers. And this is called Chicken Mary Hawk Denier. Uh, it's also by me. And uh, it's set in Jamaica. And this in, again, everybody thinks, Jamaica, oh, it's going to be pirate ghosts in Port Royal. I'm like, no, it's going to be in a coffee plantation in the mountains above Kingston. Because mm-hmm. pirates in Port Royal is just really obvious. Um, and I'm very passionate about coffee. So, <laughs> and again, uh, the the rural mountains in coffee country uh, above Kingston in Jamaica, it's all rainforests and you know back roads. And um, did a little research, and I found out that uh, when it, you know it's a British colony, and there were tons of Scottish landowners in coffee country. So it's the story of a uh, a Scottish lord who finds out that he was actually born in Kingston. Um, he wasn't born in Scotland. His, he moved, he was taken there at a very young age. And he's coming, uh, it's a bit of a homecoming for him. And um, ever since going back to his home, everything has been going great. His whole life is coming into focus. He's got a new baby. His uh, coffee plantation is just, uh, you know, taking off. And he's really happier than he's been in years. Um, and, of course, the proverb, chicken marry hawk denier, is a Jamaican proverb that means when everything's going really great, something bad is probably about to happen. Ah. Um, and taken a creature out of Jamaican folklore and uh, made it the, the star of, of this attraction. Um, and um, we, we've playtested this one about four or five times at, at uh, various small cons through the Northeast. <clears throat> and it went uh, really, really well. We, I think we've worked out the kinks and it's going to be a really uh, interesting scenario. Um, so that's five, five core scenarios and uh, one bonus one for backers who are, are going to um, back at a slightly higher level than just the, the core book. 
Um, but with stretch goals, we've already announced uh, uh, a sixth core scenario uh, set in um, set in Haiti mm. called Toil in the Fields. Um, pretty excited about that one. And that's uh, with Joe Creel, our, a new author to us. Very new to, um, to Cthulhu writing. But that's because of uh, <clears throat> it's more that she has, she has been writing. It's just books haven't come out yet. Um, uh-huh. So she's got some stuff with Chaosium. Uh, she's actually written for, um, for Kevin Ross, uh, a project that he's editing. And he actually recommended her to me. Um, and I'm really excited to be working with her and very hopeful that we'll unlock her stretch goal uh, as soon as we can so we can get a, a Haiti chapter in the book. And um, you know, if, if, the dark gods are, if the dark gods and the backers are willing, there's actually plans for a seventh core scenario. Hmm. Um, and I, I can't tell too many details about that because it's still forming up. But um, it's looking like either uh, possibly uh, what is it? It's not Martinique. It's uh, it's one of the Caribbean islands with an M. I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, um, Montserrat. It's Montserrat. Thank you. It's we're, it's probably going to be set in Montserrat, and our author um, is probably going to be Fred Groves, who oh. um, just wrote a, a wonderful scenario for us. His his debut scenario in uh, Tahora Cosmico. His um, his homage to you know Kit, it was called Kit, Kit and Kine, and yep. it was his homage to Rats in the Walls and uh, the Whisper in Darkness. Wonderful scenario. He he ran it several times at a uh, at Necronomicon at a, a con in uh, Total Con in Boston, and, and people have just been having a great time playing that one. So we're really hoping that the we you know we'll have enough steam to get him into the core book as well. And if that's not enough, <laughs> if that's, <laughs> that's not, not enough, all. I've I've actually uh, worked out with uh, my friends at Shagoth.net that. I'm going to be one of the uh, celebrity, I guess, uh, writers. <clears throat> In October, they always do a, a really big special promotional month where they have lots of new monsters and spells. And this year, they're having one new scenario a week, a free scenario on Shagoth.net. And I have written something uh, set in, in Montserrat. Montserrat. Um, oh. And it's cool. and I've, I've actually ran it at Necronomicon. Uh, I was supposed to run my Jamaica scenario, but I might have been overserved the night before at a certain room party and been, <laughs> been really so hungover that the on, only the idea of running my brand new scenario uh, kind of perked me up enough. And and uh, a very lucky group got to be the very first playtesters of a scenario called A Man to Purgatory, A Woman to Hell. Hmm. Which is a monster. <laughs> is that also an aphorism? <laughs> no, that that's also that's also that's a, a proverb from Montserrat. It yeah. sounds really cool in French, but I won't do that because it won't sound cool when I say it. And it basically means a man is punished for his a man uh, a man may be punished for his sins, but a woman is damned for them. Mm. And mm-hmm. just that alone was 
creepy enough to make me want to write a scenario um, with that title. And in that case, much like in Jamaica, I found a really creepy creature from Montserrat folklore um, oh. and, and made that the star of, of that particular scenario. And that will be for free. Uh, in October, first week of October, right around the end of my stretch of my uh, Kickstarter. So hopefully, um, if you want an early start on the Caribbean or you just want to kind of see what we're doing, definitely uh, do that. You know, check that out. And uh, you know, if you haven't backed, if you're on the fence, we'll hope that'll we're hoping that that scenario will help push you to our side. That's awesome. And, and cool. to also help push you to your side, you know, if if you haven't, if listeners have not been to the Kickstarter site and have not seen the art that has been displayed yeah, with the the five core uh, uh, scenarios, the sixth uh, uh, bonus scenario, and the cover, it is. Uh, tell us about your artist, please. Uh, just, again, he's he's, he's been with of, you for so long. He's, he's been with us since our first book. His name is Ruben Dodd. Uh, I have a, a long and very happy uh, relationship with Ruben. He's wonderful. He's, he's an Aussie. Um, he is dependable as they come. Um, and, you know, we're just thrilled. He does um, beautiful covers. He does covers and interiors, which not everyone does. We're lucky. We've, got, we've had two artists who do covers and interiors. So, um, yeah, he's... He gets better every year. Uh, every year that I work with him, he just really gets a little bit better. He did the art for our first book, and he did our the art for our second book. He is also the artist for our New Orleans book. Um, so yeah, with uh, with the look of, and actually, he's going to be featured on a upcoming update. We've been uh, posting updates um, pretty much. Uh, by our authors to tell a little bit more about the scenarios in their own words. And hopefully by the end of the week, um, he'll have written up a little intro yeah. and uh, we'll get, we'll let him have his moment in the uh, backer update spotlight. But uh, I'm a huge fan of his work and I, I'm so proud to have him back with us. Yeah, he's a fantastic artist. I follow him on Facebook as well. And he's just a hell of a guy. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Really great guy. Um, and honestly, the, the New Orleans book was such, it was such a beautiful book. We decided we're going to just go with that in, same entire team. So we have uh, Mark Shireman doing layout. Uh, we have Steph Michaela doing our maps and base and uh, Ruben doing our, our illos and uh, cover. So it's the same exact art team of the New Orleans book. So, um, you know, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And these people, the the more they work, the happier they are, and the better they get. So, um, so yeah, you know, it, I, I'm I'll be happy to work with this team on projects for as long as we can keep getting them all together and agreeing to work with us. A couple of writing credit additions here. So, Mark, Mark Shireman did uh, "Let the Children Come to Me," which was. From the first Cthulhu Island of Ignorance. Yeah, yeah. That was the one set outside of Aylesbury with the missing child and the uh, uh, child labor mill. 
yeah. um, pretty run it myself, and my players were were very uh, affected by it. It's it was a very dark scenario that really pulled a lot of emotion out of people, which is you know that that's the art of it. You know you want to put out something that makes people feel and think and and are really affected. You know you don't want to offend. But you know that that's going to happen from from time and to from you know time and again. But uh, yeah, that was a great scenario, and I'm really happy to have gotten him writing uh, for us again. You've got and Jeffrey Muller's been in all three previous books, I guess, <laughs> right? With uh, with Blue uh, Under uh, Uncertain yeah. Stumbling, Five Lights yes. at the Crossroads for the yes. New Orleans book, and then the Vetting of uh, Marius Asina, which I got to play test. Oh, yes, fantastic. people were very darkly affected during the playtest. Yeah, it's pretty devastating, and, and and a bold ass move. It takes on a theme in Lovecraft that you would think might be untouchable, but it spins a story that is, um, I think, I would think hard to approach, and makes it really interesting. Really, kind of uh, in a way, updated, even though it's in in Invictus. And, right. Uh, right. And definitely pulls at the heartstrings yeah it was it's an amazing scenario uh, uh it, it very it's one of those scenarios that you read the pitch and you think if they <laughs> can pull this off it's going to be amazing and then it's it's probably twice as good as you thought it would be um when it was all finished you know like we thought this would be really cool but at the end of it when we ran it we were like, "Oh my God, this is this is really uh, going to be something." Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I was I'm very proud to have had uh, a small part in in helping uh, you know in helping bring that to the fans. I mean, Jeff deserves all the credit, of course, but I'll take some of it. <laughs> <laughs> we I run a good Kickstarter, you know, and uh, and we got that out, and uh, and it was as awesome as as we'd hoped. Uh, so also, uh, Dave Sokolowski did his own Kickstarter, He Who Laughs Last, uh, which was a Cthulhu Dark scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jason Williams is... Well, one more, C- uh, before we before yeah. move on, um, yeah. Dave, Dave also will be having a, his own second Kickstarter for a Cthulhu scenario called, uh, I believe, Sunspots. Huh. That, uh, it, it's, uh, I'm not going to give anyway any spoilers, but it was something that he was working on for um, MRP, and it was one of those projects that never got off the ground, but he had t- put in a lot of work on the, on the scenario. So he's uh, updating it, and he'll be having that out later, I believe early next year. I'm not quite sure on the date, but we'll promote him on, on uh, our Facebook page uh, when, the, when we get more details. I, I was going to say, I think the last time I talked to Dave, he said it was going to be around October, October, November, oh. when he plans on launching that. But I might be wrong. Right. It might be old, old info. Um, and I know that he well, did yeah, write that one with Keith as well. I mean, Keith helped yeah, edit that yeah. one. Originally. That was, yeah, that scenario, that book was going to be, uh, that was ambitious as, as hell. hell. Yeah. That, that was going to be called um, The Outer Gods. Um, it was going to be the companion tome for the classic the great old ones book. Mm. And I, I feel bad that it never got, got done. 
Um, well, that's interesting. Where there are, does that mean there are three scenarios scattered to the winds other than this one it's out well, there I never, somewhere? I never started writing mine, so oh, right. I don't know about the other two. But um, mine, I, I was going to do um, Yogg-Sothoth. I, I had I gotten an accepted pitch to do Yogg-Sothoth for that one. And it was going to be in New York, and Mae West was going to be an NPC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, how funny. So it's like, I still, I, I still have very fun. Like when he said he was doing his, I, I started longing to go back to the idea I was going to write for that project, but it, it would have been wonderful. But honestly, without Keith, um, we just didn't feel we had the stones at that point. Yeah. Um, it was, it would have been amazing, but without him, it wouldn't have been amazing. It would have, we were, you know, Tom and I were fumbling our way through the early stages of learning how to do this. So to take on something of that magnitude at that time was just too intimidating. And I think it was the wise choice at the time. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to wait on a project until you really have the confidence and the skill set to do it. Yeah. And at that time, I don't think that, uh, that either of us did. It's a tactical retreat. Yeah, tactically, it is not dead. It's just sleeping, as yeah. uh, as he's proven with bringing his his portion of it back. So, and and moving on to Jason Williams, who, on a personal note, is uh, his Secrets of Tibet was the first monograph that I bought, and in a way, kind of spoiled me for monographs because his research was so awesome. I mean, it's. Whether you ever do anything in Tibet, uh, gaming-wise, it's just an awesome source book of myth, uh, mythology, and magic. And oh, I have to uh, agree. I think it's oh, a man. wonderful, wonderful book. And uh, when we start talking about stretch goals, that's kind of why he's one of he's the core of our most exciting stretch goal. But but we'll get to that, I suppose. Interesting. <laughs> Well, let's talk. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the stretch goals then. So you you announced a number of them whenever you uh, first put the Kickstarter up, and then you've announced a few more now that it's funded. Right. Our first three were an augmented art budget, so we can get uh, more art, more maps, more player aids uh, in the book, and we are on the verge of, of achieving that. Hopefully by the time this drops, it'll have been pushed over that. Um, the second stretch goal is, uh, I, I like having little cute uh, exclusive Kickstarter exclusive items uh, for people. Um, I, it, I like it in Kickstarters. You know, when I back them, I, I like to, Oh, I'll get this and that and little cheesy kind of things. Um, so we're, our second one is called Postcards of Peril, and we're going to be designing some, uh, you know, retro-inspired postcards from that period. Uh, we have some samples up of some of our concepts that are actually uh, real postcards from the Caribbean uh, during that period. So we're going to be designing a few, and uh, on the flip side of them, they're going to have messages that directly tie into scenarios. Yeah. Um, they could be from NPCs. They could actually even be used as handouts, but they're the messages on the flip side of the postcard will be from people who are in the scenarios. Oh, that's cool. Um, nice. That's a good idea. And, yeah. and one of the things when we unlock that, we're going to add a bonus add on 
that as soon as the postcards are done and ready, you can have them mailed to you. I will I will put a stamp on them and send them in the mail before the 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 book actually funds. So over the months leading up to it, you would get these three postcards, possibly all at once, maybe staggered over a month or two. But these mysterious postcards would be will be mailed to you um, with their their cryptic messages from uh, NPCs or or investigators who came before you and weren't so lucky. That's brilliant. Nice. Um, it's like a little mini deep profundus. And I've had that kind of experience before. Those postcards that we, <laughs> John and I were getting. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Oh, it, it, it's fun. It's a lot. Stuff like that is a lot of fun. I mean, it. Oh, absolutely. Let's not lose sight of what we're doing here. We're sitting around a table playing games with our friends. Um, you know, let's have fun with yeah. this. You know, creepy. Uh, you know, we had the idea for the postcards, and I told my wife, and she goes, "You know what would be really cool if you had like messages on the insides of them from the people in the scenarios." And I'm like, "Oh my god, that's brilliant!" So it, she took a really good idea, made it better, and, and we're running with that. Um, I am. So I think that'll be a lot on of fun. The, uh, advanced shipping on those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not going to tell anybody when I mail them, um, because I could get them literally six months before the book's out. I mean, that's yeah. you know, when I get them, then I'm going to start releasing them. And you know, it may not be all at once, but um, so we'll see how that all turns. Uh, Stretch Code Three was the the sixth scenario for the core book, right? Uh, by Joe Creel, that you already. Yeah, you already mentioned that. And then tell us about uh, the fourth stretch goal, which is I'm kind of interested. The fourth in. stretch goal is is one of our most is is probably our most exciting stretch goal, and that is Golden Goblin Press's Guide to the Caribbean. It's going to be a PDF companion, uh, about tw- at least twenty thousand words. Uh, it'll come out to about forty five pages uh, with layout and, and art, and that's going to be written by Jason Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, is the Damn. master. Research, and he's going to um, touch on every major island group, and we're going to talk about uh, what languages are spoke there. What's the what are what are the ethnicities represented? What's the currency? What's the major export? Um, what are the festivals and tourist attractions? Um, what we what what New Orleans mythos did for Tales of the Caribbean. Uh, for Tales of the Crescent City, where they gave us the neighborhood guide, um, Jason is going to try and do for the the Caribbean. And if you've seen Secrets of Tibet, you know um, there is no try. He he will do an amazing job on this. Um, I mean, I'm literally in awe of of what he did with Tibet. So um, to get him to work on uh, on the Caribbean guidebook is, is just going to be amazing. That was a smart move. Did you so, pitch that or did he pitch that? It was kind of like uh, going up to a, a termite and saying, there's this thing called a chainsaw. Would you like one? Um, and of <laughs> course, the, he was like, well, well, yeah, of course. And, and it, was, it was basically when he, when he was in the book and you know, when we got him on board, when we, when we said, hey, do you want to be a golden goblin? And he was like, well, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, and he wrote us, and he's going to write a scenario for us. Literally, the him doing the guide book, uh, the guide companion book was the first thing we that we came up with. Like, you know, what would be really cool for a stretch mm-hmm. goal, and that was the first thing that that popped in everyone's head. And and he was more than happy to uh, 
to, to jump at the chance to do that. And again, I've told him, don't start writing until we're funded. And it's probably half written already. So, <laughs> you, um, you know, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah I, I've only started making notes, which means he's been writing it for a few months. Yeah. Research geeks are like that. That would somebody who loves to research. Yeah. They just start digging in whether you want them to or not. <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of can't help yourself. Oh, and, and I will tell you, we have a Facebook work page, and at least once a week, once every other week if he's busy, he will post a link to something that he found that is just creepy and amazing. <laughs> uh, and so we'll just get these random pings of stuff that he comes across during research, um, and it just gets more and more awesome. It makes me even more excited about the you know ha- unlocking the stretch goal. Um, and then the guidebook, we're hoping that it grows by leaps and bounds with other stretch goals. Our next uh, one is uh, tentatively calling it Creatures of the Caribbean. And that's going to be a collection of original monsters um, put together by the creator of the Malleus Monstorum, Scott David Anielowski. Um He's found some really great uh, fiction stories set in the Caribbean. And we're going to be combing folklore and cryptozoology for the Caribbean. And he's going to be putting together a a bunch of Caribbean-themed mythos creatures uh, for us as Stretch Goal 5. But, you know, if you're getting a guidebook, we're hoping that people will want to, you know, base their campaign there for a while. You know, after you've played a few of these scenarios, maybe you want to do your own scenario or do a side adventure while you're in Cuba you know um so there'll be new monsters that aren't um aren't in the core book that you can you know buff out your campaign and again with uh, buffing out your campaign we get to stretch goal six which is uh we're tentatively calling that traveling in style um if the players are going to be in the caribbean for any length of time um they're going to be doing some island hopping and what does island hopping mean to you Uh, it means you know i'm on a boat you know if you know that song, I'm on a boat. Um, so yes, your investigators will be on boats. <laughs> um, they, 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 it may be a luxury yacht. It may be a uh, broken down, glorified fishing vessel. Um, but we're going to have a collection of four deck plans, um, you know, for players to use as bases of operations and traveling between island to island to island um, throughout the Caribbean. Um, and we've got uh, Melissa Faden doing these for us. She was a photographer on our first project. Um, people who follow her work, uh, I will tell you, she loves to draw maps, but she really loves to draw deck plans of ships. It is, I mean, and she's done them, and she did the Owlglass, uh, the deck plans for Owlglass. Um, for the Edmonton in the scenario Owlglass we did in our first project. Um, so again, we pretty much approached the best person we could think of to do this. And it was like, it was like, Jason, do you want to write a guidebook? It's like, uh, Alyssa, you want to draw some ship deck plans? And she, well, yeah, of course I do. That's, you know, so again, you give, you find the best possible artist and let them do the thing they love to do the most. And, you know, that's kind of how you get the best work out of people. Um, so that's stretch goal six. We've got a few others lined up that we 
haven't officially announced yet, but I'm, I'm more than happy to share with your audience. Yay. Well, yeah, speaking of the strung together campaign idea. We were all brainstorming. Like, wouldn't it be great if we had a, a method to string all of the scenarios together as some sort of a campaign? And it it the it, it was just hanging in the air for a moment before Jeff said, I got this. Um, <laughs> and then... Nobody else was allowed to talk about it. Um, it, it immediately became um, his baby, and he started making notes. And he's got a framework to link all of the scenarios together as, as a campaign uh, centered around – okay, it's uh, going to be centered around the Office of Naval Intelligence, the ONI which is still in its infancy at this, uh, at this time. There's going to be a naval vessel called the USS Lamprey. Mm-hmm. A 75-foot uh, shallow-drafted coaster with a crew of eight, including a political officer and an intelligence signal analyst. Um, and the players are going to be attached to this vessel and uh, investigating these mythos stories, uh, the, uh, these mythos cases and uh, these mysterious happens, happenings um, as part of a team working uh, with the Office of Naval Intelligence. Um, this is a time when America had very strong economic ties uh, to the Caribbean. I mean, this is where the term banana republic comes from um, because, you know, we were controlling a lot of governments because of, you know, big business uh, in the region. You know, bananas, sugarcane, tobacco. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of uh, North American involvement, uh, political, economic, and um, you know sometimes when these mythos things happen, they may threaten American interests. Um, and uh, so players are going to be have the opportunity to be uh, part of a, a special team. Uh, and he's even has plans for a, a framework to make characters. Uh, members of uh, the Office of Naval Intelligence, kind of a uh, 1920s, early 30s version of a, a black ops team. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be awesome. I, 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 it makes, I always, whenever Jeff gets one of these things in his head, it's like, I don't know how he's going to do it. And then he does it. It's twice as awesome as I, I thought it was in the first place. So I have every faith that this is going to be amazing. Um, the pitch sounds great, so it's yeah it's hard to imagine it going awry. <laughs> and uh, the stretch goal after that, we're also very excited about. Uh, we had a lot of very positive responses to our first fiction companion, uh, Tales of Cthulhu Invictus, which was part of our uh, Dahara Cosmico Kickstarter. So we thought, let's let's try and do this again. Um, I'm, I'm from the generation of gamers that, you know, we played in the Forgotten Realms and then we read Forgotten Realms novels or we played in the Dragonlance universe and then we read Dragonlance novels and short stories and, and what have you. So we did that with the Horror Cosmico and had the uh, companion fiction tome. And so we thought, well, let's do that again. So we've already spoken to... Um, Brian Sammons, who has already sent out invitation letters, and uh, the tentative work for a fiction companion to Tales of uh, Tales of the Caribbean is 
in its infancy, but it is underway. And that book is going to be called Dread Shadows in Paradise. So uh, I'll hopefully be able to talk more about that as it forms up and as we get closer to that stretch goal. Very cool. So yeah, we've got a lot, we've got a lot planned for people. Yeah, yeah, and I see that you also you've got even some of your older products from previous releases as add-ons. So if somebody missed a copy of Tales of the Sleep of City, they can just get it and tack it on. Well, Tales of the, Tales of the Sleep of City is is not a Golden Goblin Press book. Well, that was reprinted by um, by Tom as a favor. Uh, specifically for this Kickstarter. That's been out of print since 2013. Uh, the last copies were, were sold at the first Necronomicon, and ever since then, the book has been unavailable. <clears throat> but he was nice enough to print a limited number uh, for this Kickstarter so that people who want the complete set of uh, Sleepless City, Crescent City, and Caribbean will have the opportunity to to order that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I have a copy of Sleepless City. I don't have Crescent City yet, but uh, this is—it's very nice to have the option of, hey, I've, you know, never got the chance to get this previous one it's from a company that has uh, has gone to the winds of time now. So, I do cool. have both of them, and I'm going to have mm-hmm. to buy this one just so I can keep them all together. Yeah, are you planning on perhaps a fourth entry into the tales of an Ajazer? Mm-hmm. Or are we too soon? Is that too soon? I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say five words, and I'm not going to talk any more about it because I don't want to I don't want to tempt fate <clears throat> too much. But I do think Tales of the South Pacific would be amazing. Oh, oh hey, you just gave <laughs> you just gave Chad a huge hard on. I'm just saying. Kidding me? Guess who's a guest writer on that one? Oh, son of a! He, he can pitch. <laughs> yeah, he will. Um, look, so shall I. Look, Hawaii, Tahiti, Guam. You know the oh, Solomons. Yeah. Um, the political instability of an emerging of an emerging empire of Japan. Possibly having Amelia Earhart as an NPC. <laughs> um, Relier. I mean, come on. Would this not be absolutely awesome? Uh-huh. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you just Look, killed it, six months of his life right there. Yes, you know, start it's, today. <laughs> Look, there are, it, like I said, there's ground to be, there's new ground to be found. There are places, you know, amazing places of, of mm-hmm. you know, People and cultures and languages that we haven't explored in this game that are just ripe for exploration. Um, you know, New Orleans was one of those places. And there had been some scenarios, but there was still so much more to be told. The Caribbean is just amazing uh, for all of its cultural diversity and its mythology. And basically, you have, you know, you have islands that are. Dutch colonies and French colonies and British colonies, American protectorates, Spanish colonies. You have immigrants, you know, you have people from India, you have people from Asia, you have people from Africa, you have the indigenous Indians, 700 islands, you know, and, and we're going to explore as, as you know, we're, we're, we're not going to hit them all, but we're, we're going to give you a good cross section of what the Caribbean is. And when I look at the globe, where would I want to go next? Um, 
I wouldn't mind going to the Pacific if there is a Tales of number four. Um, but we'll see. You know? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chad's done. I can't stand it. I, but, but, I, but I have to tell you, it will not be the next project. Um, after this one, okay. Well, because because we're already in mild production on the next project after this one. Any leaks there that you want to bring? <laughs> five words. Just give us five words. <laughs> Again, yeah. Um, it's going to be a campaign running from New England across Europe, ending in Hungary. Ooh. We have Jeffrey Muller, Kevin Ross, myself, Brian Sammons. Uh, Jeff Gillen and Scott Clancy. Ooh. Oh dear. Yes. That's uh, quite the lineup. That, that's the authors who are attached to this project, and it's going to be based on one of all of our favorite R.E. Howard short stories, and the campaign is going to be called Children of the Black Stone. Yeah. Oh, oh, that I yeah, like that's it. That's freaking oh, cool. I like it a lot. I, I kind of I kind of feel like Peter Jackson sometimes when they gave a super Lord of the Ring nerds thirty million dollars and said go. Uh-huh. I'm now at the point where a lot of authors will write for me, so I can kind of say, you know what would be really good to write this? Um and if you and I know they're you know, I have their emails, um, and I I'll ambush them on Skype or Facebook, and um, and they'll say, "Look, I'm writing ten things. I'm really busy," and I'm like, "How would you like to do a scenario set in the early '30s in in Berlin?" And they'll be like, "All right, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> I'll find the time." That's freaking cool. <laughs> um, how, you know. And or you go to you go to Kevin Ross and say we're thinking of doing something centering centering on on Golgoroth and the Black Stone. He goes, "Do you know I statted Golgoroth out in the original rule book?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, I guess you're in then." <laughs> and he goes, "Well, damn right I'm in." Um, so yeah, it was one of those ideas I pitched to people, and everybody was like, "Oh, I'm really busy. I'm semi-retired. I'm kind of burned out." And I said, "Well, let's just, let me just tell you what the premise is." And they were like, "Oh my god, that's awesome! I'm in." Um, <laughs> So that's our that's our 2017 project. Nice. That sounds amazing. But you oh know, my I god. can't wait for that. That's, yeah, I can't wait for that. That oh my god. Yeah. If 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 but that's the, good, that's a long haul. Well, no, we're playing a long game. We're not we're not planning on going anywhere. Yeah. We love what we're doing. Uh, the fans keep supporting us. Uh, we're going to keep putting out these kind of dream projects that the fans have deserved for a really long time. Um. You know, like I said, with a little hard work, there are lots of places that haven't been visited and stories that haven't been told. There are lots of amazing people out there who want to draw, who want to write, who want to do maps. Um, and they just haven't had the opportunity to be part of, of a steady stream of projects. And, you know, we, we have ideas and... If the fans support us, we're going to keep producing them. And these are ideas that that the fans are going to be excited about because they're the scenario, they're the ideas that everyone in this company is a fan of the genre. And it's basically, you know, you, you sit around the table playing games with your friends and say, you know what would be really cool if we had a bunch of scenarios set in the Caribbean and be like a Caribbean campaign. But you know, we're all in our 30s and 40s now. Some of us are in our 50s, and we've been writing and editing and 
so when we have these kind of nerdy conversations, we can actually do it thanks to crowdfunding and, and, and social media and all that. Um, so basically, yeah. that's all the Goblin Lair is. A bunch of super fans who are really excited about what we do, um, who, who go to the internet and ask the fans, will you support us and help us bring this to you? And four projects in a row they have they have give you know they have put their faith in us and you know i hope that keeps continuing and uh because there's lots of stories we want to tell i'm really excited for this caribbean book because i personally know nothing about the area and so this is going to be my introduction to that part of the world it is terrifying and and amazing uh, the more we research these scenarios the more amazing things we find and and i think that we're going to be fighting as as hard as we can to to do it justice yeah well you know we we well, can't do any of it without uh without everyone's support and they've been very warm and and welcoming and, and generous with the goblin horde and we're nothing but grateful for their support. And, you know, that's kind of why we fight so hard not to have these projects, you know, languishing and, and late. And, you know, we try and tell everybody what we're doing, when we're doing it, you know, try and be as transparent as possible. Um, I'm always afraid it's going to be annoying and people are going to be like, would you just shut up with the updates already? But usually it's the opposite. But, yeah, I mean, we, we really, you know, we're not some, you know, large you know, publishing house, you know, with, with offices and warehouses, you know, we're a bunch of guys on, on their computers scattered across the world at this point, um, you know, doing our best to put out uh, a quality product for people. Well, Oscar, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Oh, we, we've, we've leaked this before, but, uh, the, uh, terror on the Lincoln highway is still on the table for us. Uh, to basically do our road trip from New York to California book. Um, the Route 66 one that you had <laughs> talked about before? Yeah, yeah, that's still that's still on the table. And it was going to be, you know, it was going to be a, um, our 2017 project until everybody jumped all over the uh, Tales of the Black Stone project. Um, and, and at least one of the command staff said, we should just ditch Caribbean and go right to Blackstone. And I'm like, I've been promoting the Caribbean for six months. We've already, I've been handing out promotional marketing for four months. We can't, we can't ditch the Caribbean. We're married to September 9th and that as our next project. But they were so excited uh, about the, uh, the campaign um, that they thought, well, let's just, let's just skip it. I'm like, no, we're not skipping it. Um, so that immediately pushed uh our lincoln highway campaign idea back yeah. um in favor of the uh the blackstone which we were all so much more excited about not that a road trip scenario from new york to california wouldn't be amazing but i mean come on let's yeah. face it when you, you know, compare the, the two i love the blackstone yeah, it is, it's the too. first it's the first mythos story i ever read oh. that story is what made me fall in love uh with the cthulhu mythos so yes, I will confess I came to the mythos uh not through Lovecraft but through Howard. Uh so I, I am I am I, I guess I'm you know, and that's always kind of tainted my view of it. You know, I I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm more I don't think anyone's I, gonna hold it against you. 
That's I'm more, sure. I mean, Howard's stuff is, you know, shooting and punching and, and sometimes the good guys actually get out of the situation, you know, with their minds intact. It's, um, it's, it's more, it's a more exciting and hopeful take on it. Yeah. That's my general um, and, angle of it too. Right. I totally get it. And in, you know, in, let's, let's face it in Howard's mythology, um, you know, some of the good guys are, are you know, have have tan skin. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see that in Lovecraft too often. It they Howard, don't faint either, so right. it's a good thing. You know, in, in a Lovecraft thing, everyone will faint and scream and wake up later. And in Howard's, they'll be drawing knives and firing rifles from horseback, <laughs> um, you know, in the mountains of Afghanistan with, you know, with their Sherpa next to them. Um, like, okay, they it's 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 a little bit more pulpy, um, a lot more pulpy. Let's face it. But. A little, yeah. Okay. All right. It's a lot of pulp. <laughs> Glorious, wonderful pulp. But, it is yeah. pure pulp, is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So our it's, it'll be Golden Goblin with with pulp in our our project after this. I hope. So could I just send you my money now for that? Or do we have to wait? <laughs> like pre-order that? You know, there, there's wait. been a debate. Do we want to run? Do we want to run two Kickstarters before we deliver one? And I've really never yeah. wanted to do that. I've always wanted to say, I don't feel good about asking people for money for a project when we have their money for a project we haven't put out yet. Um, which is why we usually do That's one good. Kickstarter a year, um, because I don't want to. You know, sure, we could wait six months and kickstart the next project, but Tales of the Caribbean won't be out. Um, so until we deliver Tales of the Caribbean, I really don't feel good about asking the fans for more. Um, okay. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's stupid, no, I, but that just sounds like sound business. Yeah, as a yeah, as a as a guy sense. that supports Kickstarters, I think you're doing it right, and I like being able to uh, know that I'm not going to get flooded. With uh, Golden Goblin Kickstarters that I can I can budget and 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 you know support one and you know get the end result and 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 have that that satisfaction of this is mine I've got it and then have the next one on the horizon I like it. All right, so I, I uh, do you guys have any questions for me? I, I've probably talked way longer than I should have, but I you know as a nerd you get excited about these things. Oh yeah, we've we've had years of doing this and being excited about stuff also this is a talk show where we don't we're not too concerned about too much talk yeah <laughs> right, right. <laughs> i i will throw out one other one other stretch goal that i'm i'm hoping oh. but again you know let's see how many we can unlock yeah um i would love in our first book we had uh, a whole bunch of pre-gen adv- investigators um, I would love to do like eight or nine pre-gen investigators who are all natives of different Caribbean islands. Um, oh yeah, with professions specific to those islands. I love that. Um, yeah, skills, professions, histories—that'd be fantastic. And we've talked, we've talked about it. You know, we've talked about you know, like sponge divers and fishermen, and uh, you know, somebody who you know somebody who's a, a an artisan of rolling cigars and you know all of these different kind of investigators from across the caribbean um i would love to have that but we'll see that's kind of cool too it, 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 wherever these stretch goals go however much we make we will be able to just keep making it more and more awesome 
some of these Very stretch cool. goals, man. If you don't make it, I will be heartbroken. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The last project we had some really great ones that I was kind of brokenhearted that we didn't get to. But um, and I'm afraid that this may happen again. But you know, do you guys recycle or do anything with the uh, stretch goals that did not get achieved? We're hoping to eventually put out stuff that we put together um, as stretch goals that weren't achieved. Jeff Muller wrote a a very long Cthulhu Invictus scenario <laughs> that we that we didn't get to put out, um, and he's it's written it's it's there. Um, and we've got nothing to do with it. We would love to put it out. Um, we've got a, a great collection of like five, you know, four or five scenarios set in uh, the uh, the Eastern Empire um, by a lot of great new authors. Um, we even had a cover art done for for it. It was going to be a PDF. Um, we didn't get to do that. Um, and, and it breaks my heart because these people work really hard in these scenarios. Um, you know, we, we sometimes play with the idea of launching a, a Indiegogo for some of these little side projects that didn't fund on our major Kickstarter ones. But we're not really sure how, how we're going to do that. Um, but no, they're, they're there. Um, and, and we're hoping to, to bring them to... You know, bring them out of the shadows and into the light at some point. But uh, right now, we're focusing on the Caribbean project. Um, yeah, great project. And, and, and I, I'm I've already got both the other uh, Tales books, so I'm I'm definitely going to be getting this one too. Great. Well, thanks. Really appreciate coming on and getting to talk about the project, and I appreciate your your personal support for you know picking up the other books. Yeah, yeah, we're we're all really excited about it here too, and that excitement's only going to grow now that we're we're actively editing and starting to put it together. Um, I'm hoping to start doing art assignments as soon, like as soon as one is fully edited, we're going to start doing art assignments. Um, so we're diving right into this uh, because you know uh, six eight six months eight months until our projected delivery date. It seems like a lot of time. It is not a lot of time. Not for not for the level of work we're trying to put together. So um, yeah, we're not we're not even fun. We're not even finished with the campaign, and we're we're funded. We know we're doing it, so we're now, you know, firing up the production boiler. Thanks wow. for coming out today. Oh, yeah. you guys are welcome. I really uh, love speaking to you guys. Any chance I get? Yeah, we love having you on, man. And congratulations on the funding. This is gonna be fun to watch. Sorry, it was good seeing you in Necronomicon again, too. It was. It really was. I wish we would have been gotten to hang out more, but it's you know we're kind of there working. So, uh, you know, you're doing you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing, and it was the bad part about it. It's like all these really cool people, but you're so busy uh, doing your, your, your all of the things you have to do that uh, you know I I would have loved to have just hung out you know at the asshole house with you guys playing. Uh, playing games and just hanging out, but yeah, yeah, we had a hell of a time. I have to admit. <laughs> oh, it's, it sounded like you guys did. I was glad that so many of you stopped by the uh, the party to, uh, you know, in take time out of working the con to really just enjoy everyone's company. Yeah, we we well, we showed up in mass. I mean, you, you said it was an open invitation, so we had a and little meetup downstairs, and we said, okay, the guys, we're going to this room. 
Yeah, we basically took our whole meetup to uh, to Shay Oscar all at once, all at w- in one elevator. <laughs> it was, it it was a very like a cloud, an extra dimensional space. Yeah, <laughs> Muppets take providence. It's like the TARDIS, it was bigger on the inside. And it's like, people just kept showing up and showing up, and what, like some people would leave and more would show up. It was like yeah. a rotating. It was just great. Uh, a fantastic in, time. Yeah, yeah. It's just this, the pictures don't do don't do it justice for the energy that was going on in that room. And now we kind of have to do it every year. So uh, we're already we have plans for the next uh, Golden Goblin press room party at a uh, Necronomicon. What is it? Twenty seventeen. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we we may have to get a bigger room or, uh, or a bigger boat. A bigger huh? boat. A bigger boat. <laughs> Couple of the security guys who reluctantly broke up our party. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they 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 were really nice about it though. Uh, they were totally cool. They were totally yeah. cool. And they didn't and they didn't take any beer. Which we <laughs> <are>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Good for did, them. But they did take Pass pictures the of the Godzilla cake. Uh, they, were, <laughs> they were breaking up the party. I'm like, oh, sorry guys, you want a couple of beers? We've we've got cake, and they were like, no, no, that's fine. So very professional, <laughs> very professional brute squad at the building. Now, I I heard they were tasering Murph. Is that true? That was oh, me. <laughs> that was Chad tasering Murph. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Recreational tasering in the back room. <laughs> you laugh, but I I have been known to put on one of those dog bark collars uh, when okay. I'm drunk, just to okay. Okay, it's getting time. weird. <laughs> Beard was Saturday night uh, with me and you. I'm just saying that was strange, but uh, do it again, Chad. God damn. It's okay, guys. I'm gonna go, <laughs> and you know. Unfortunately, every show take, ends take like this. Shower. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. You, you're not going to get that stink off you. I'm see, sorry. Yeah. Let's see how awkward we can make the guest feel. 